Welcome back to Blunt Instruments Podcast. This is now episode five. I am Luke. This is Jake. Hello. <laughs> I wasn't sure when to come in then. How are you? You can edit that. I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. How's life treating you over there? Usual shit. Yeah. Boring, <laughs> you know, but uh, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, so this episode is a the second edition of interview um, series, if you will. Um, we have Donnie Waldron from Quantum of History on this episode. Great dude. Had a great conversation with him uh, based on the East Coast, along with, you know, your usual suspects. Here's David Zaritsky, Joe Darlington, Bud West, Tropical Bonds out there, Harris Thomas is out there. You know who you all are. We love you all. Um, but yeah, this is a great, great interview. And before we get into that, we're going to talk about, uh, there's a couple new things that have been circling since um, this interview was done. So we'll talk about, Jake, let's start with those Aston Martins. They've released those, what is it, two special edition Bond Aston Martins? Yeah, so I think that would have been, what day was today? Thursday. So it would have been about Tuesday, I think, if I saw this. Um it just all definitely seems like it's ramping up for this film, doesn't it? Like, there's this and there's a few other things. But, yeah, there's um, these couple of Aston Martins have been released. You've got the DBS and the, the Vantage. Um, I think the Vantage has gotten a few really nice sort of homages to to some of the Bond films. And, like, I suppose, especially the Living Daylights, you've got, like, these cello inserts in the, the headrest. Um I thought it was pretty cool that the the radio is actually tuned to 96.6, which is the radio frequency they used um, in the film yeah. to speak with the Russians. And yeah, little little bits and pieces like that. They're nice, um, very 007 branded, which I don't know how you feel about that. I'm a bit 50-50 sometimes when I see a supercar that's got 007 sprayed all over it. But yeah, nice looking cars. Yeah, I mean, they're beautiful. I, with something like this, like it's, you know, that debate with the watches being 007 branded, um, you know, all the Omegas that have the 007 versus something like this. I actually think it's maybe a little different with this. I think it would be because it's such an unbelievably limited amount of cars. I, I, I'd be shocked if I ever see one of these in person. And they've yeah. done a really good job with what they've done as far as the 007 um you know easter eggs in there so i actually kind of like this idea yeah i don't i definitely don't mind it as much as the watches like i know we've probably talked about this before but the watches bug the shit out of me with how you know over the top they are sometimes um mm -hmm. but yeah these one yeah it, they look pretty good didn't they i wouldn't mind one they're not yeah i think there's 25 of each of them floating around so yeah i don't think we're getting any of them to australia no, no, especially not in Michigan. I could see them in Australia before they're in Michigan. <laughs> I don't see that happening anytime soon. And then uh, the other thing that's been going around, which is also fueling the fire for the November release date, is the four, technically five, pop figures that they just released. They released the No Time to Die edition of Daniel Craig and that NPL sweater. They have Nomi. Safin, Paloma, 
And then there's kind of like a bonus one, and it's the um, Roger Moore Moonraker edition. Obviously, this, of course, of course would happen. The second I finish collecting all of them, this would happen. So here we are with another $60 worth of shit that I need to buy, which I'm not going to do right now because there's other more important things. But obviously, I mean, I guess this was, you know, I mean, they all look good. They're cool. Perfect, perfect thing to... uh, to collect perfect thing to buy you know the the little ones around that may want to get into james bond but uh, yeah i mean i'm glad they did this too but the main main reason i'm glad they did this is it just it's starting to really fuel the fire that that film's coming out when the merchandise is starting to come out what do you think yeah i think we're recording this on thursday the 20th um and it's exactly 12 weeks to die that that the film's meant to be released in australia so that's that sort of takes us to the 12th of november so i i yeah regardless i suppose of what you might think of these these funko pop things and and all of this more than anything we should just be excited that we're actually starting to see this stuff come out like i i personally think that over the next couple of weeks probably even before we get to record the next podcast we're going to start to see more things um Mm -hmm. come out around this like even last night uh 007 Instagram posted a, a picture of Rami Malik. Um, just little things like that that they actually haven't done for a while. And right. it's almost just like, here we go. We're starting to see this again now. So, yeah, I, I like those Funko Pops. They're novelty for not a lot of money compared to literally everything else that has to do with James mm-hmm. Bond that apparently is the most expensive hobby in the world. Um, right. But, yeah, I suppose more so it's just exciting to see everything start to ramp up again, I suppose. Yep, yep. And then I'll, I'll throw in here, too, I just kind of saw on the website that they are releasing um, a 136 scale of the DB5, No Time to Die edition, which is the same as every other fucking edition. And then uh, the No Time to Die of the Aston Martin V8 as well. All on the yep. coming soon stuff. If you, don't, if, you ever, if you have the time, take a look at the 007 store online a lot of cool stuff in here if you want to spend a grand in three minutes <laughs> um, but other than that anything else you want to talk about before we jump into this interview with donnie waldron no i think that's me perfect well thanks for listening again guys and i hope you enjoy this interview with quantum of history's very own donnie waldron i want to welcome mr donnie waldron onto the podcast he is from the Quantum of History Instagram and also podcast. Thanks for joining us, Donnie. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I just caught up on uh, your second episode with Jason. So good stuff, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I, you you've know Jason personally, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, oh. he, so I met him up in uh, Operation uh, Snowfall, and then he lives, he lives in Baltimore area, too. So we've had dinner before, and I've had him on my podcast before. He's That dude's a real podcast whore, I'm telling you. He is, yeah. We talked about that before. He's like the the slut of the James Bond. Such a slut. Oh god. (laughs) As usual, for for everybody who listens to ours, you know that we don't hold back with the shit we say. So we're starting that off strong here, talking about sluts and whores. Exactly, slutty male Asian friends. That's how we're gonna start the broadcast. Yeah, Yeah, he was even in my basement to record. He wanted to come over. He wanted to hang out. He drank my beer. That's his game plan. That's what his game plan gets you alone. Isolate and conquer, buddy. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, like I said, we got Donnie Waldron here. Um, He's been doing this for about six months. Also has a podcast. He's 
more seasoned with the podcast than we are, so we're very happy to have him on here. And uh, Donnie, if you notice anything that we suck at, feel free to point it out mid mid interview. That's completely fine. <laughs> I'm definitely not the one to uh, criticize for anything because I get to re- I get to edit and record and and uh, use GarageBand for hours on end. You guys have to just do it right on one take. I know, but that's what I do too. I I will do it on Skype like this, but after I'll spend a few hours uh, editing this shit in GarageBand. So, but Jake, go ahead. What do you uh, What do you want to talk about with with Donnie here? Yeah, cool. Well, thanks again, Donnie. Um, obviously, I've I've sort of been a big fan of your podcast pretty much since since you started. Always really enjoyed it, and I suppose I always wanted to know what sort of I suppose set you up with the idea of talking about history and Bond. You know, they tie so well together, but I don't think anything was sort of out there at that sort of stage that that I suppose talked about it. What sort of gave you the idea and to well, sort of get set up? Well, I started out. I wanted to do a book, so I was I was watching uh, From Russia with Love and. They were talking about the lector, and then I was like, "Well, what is an actual lector?" So then I just started researching what, you know, the Enigma machine is is and all that. And then from that, I got the idea that'd be kind of cool. That was a kind of cool research, and then I researched the Orient Express. Like, you know, I should just do a book on this. So then I started with the book, and then um, I got about halfway through the book, and I'm like, you know what? I could just do a podcast because that looks like fun. And I listened to all the big ones, like you know, being James Bond, who was probably my first podcast with mm-hmm. Darlington. And from then, I just was like, one day, I just said, fuck it, I'm going for it. I bought a microphone, bought it out to my car, and literally in the middle of work in my car, I just, I'm going for it. And that's how I did the intro. And then ever since then, I've gotten, you know, better at it. But my God, that first one is like, I can't even Mm -hmm. listen to it. Every time I see my views go up (laughs) on my intro, I'm like, guys, stop listening to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're the same same with that. I mean, at least, I, I mean, we've... I, we've Jake and I have talked about it. We we definitely like our second better second episode better than the first one. But the first one, you know, as we're only recording our third right now, we're just gonna say the first one's pretty damn good. You know what I mean? <laughs> ten ten episodes in, we'll be like, yeah, that one. Sucks. <laughs> That's the way it is. You're such a hard critic on yourself. And you're like, uh-huh. Man, what the fuck? Yeah, I've got my girlfriend <laughs> listening to it in the car and shit on the way to Target. <laughs> Do you so still have- my wife literally turned it on and went, I'm not interested by this, and turned it <laughs> off again. So I don't, I don't have any constructive criticism. after to rely on Luke's girlfriend because mine will, she won't listen to it. Well, that's the key: is that yours is a wife and his is a girlfriend. <laughs> the wife's, the yeah. wife's will tell you exactly. <laughs> the girlfriend's will be like, oh my god, I love it. You're doing a great job. And then the wives are like, what are you, can you come back here and help me with this stuff? You sound so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, right? Oh, your voice. Oh, turn up the sexy to 10. <laughs> All right, so so to piggyback off that, um, as far as the Instagram goes, that one came before the podcast, correct? Yeah, I started the Instagram um, Quantum of History because I was going to eventually start trying to promote the book. And that's kind of what I use my Instagram for more, just to um, promote the podcast. Just like albums are supposed to be per- to promote the uh, tour. That's kind of what mm-hmm. it is. I use that just to promote the podcast. I do little things like uh, hint pictures for my next episode, and then I'll give people shout outs. Or I have things I just want to promote. That's what I more use it for, to connect with people. And that's really what it's been great for, is just connecting with people, like connecting with you guys and connecting with so many people in the, in the Bond community. That's what it's been really good for. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's unreal. I mean, literally, Jason and I have had dinner together. He's been to my house. <laughs> it's like, I, I didn't know this guy four months ago. Same with you, same with Jake. You know what did I mean? You, did great. you get your first dick pic from him yet? Or No, 
I may uh, have, but it, I may have, but whatever he sent me was so small I couldn't see. It. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. I gotta teach him the angles. He's gonna be so pissed when he hears this shit. <laughs> yeah. I'll sort of jump in again there. Um, obviously, you know, you're talking about rides in a book, and now you've got your podcast. What sort of your your first sort of memory of James Bond? What sort of drove you to to the franchise and sort of got you to to sort of start off with your fascination with it? Uh, always GoldenEye 64 for us in the 30s. Everybody played the video game. And then my first iconically like, James Bond moment. I don't know why. You know how sometimes just things start to stick with you when you're a kid? And uh, it was finally on TV, and I didn't have cable back at the time. I had the little rabbit ears. Mm-hmm. So um, they, NBC was playing GoldenEye as the, uh, the Sunday night movie. And then the one that stuck with me was right when Pierce Brosnan's watching down in the tower as they get into the train with uh, Natalia and Xenia and Omarov, for some reason that that image is burned in my brain for the rest of my life, and that was my first like James Bond moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Goldeneye was the same for me. Jake has never actually. Jake, did you say you never played Goldeneye, or it wasn't your? Yeah, no, nah, I never played it. I must have had a sheltered childhood or something. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is Goldeneye and. Yeah, I started the podcast with the wrong yeah. person. Yeah, well, it's I gotta tell yeah, you, well, it's been, pretty much. Yeah, it's been so. fun, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna get off now. And... Uh, <laughs> trust me, I was I was pretty surprised. Let me ask you a follow up question to that with Goldeneye. So I've asked a few people this in the community. I I feel like I may have asked Jason this actually on the episode, but when we're when we're doing these Operation Phoenix and and you know different things with you know some of the people that have been in the community longer than we have or people that are older than we are that have actually had the opportunity to see most of Pierce Brosnan, if not all of his films in the theater, as well as even maybe Timothy Dalton or Roger Moore. Do you feel like when you tell people that you were introduced to James Bond because of Goldeneye, do you feel like that's not as, um, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. people don't take it as seriously as they would with films. I mean, a lot of people say that their first Bond movie was Moonraker, so I can't take that seriously either, you know? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you saw Moonraker and said, that's my bag, I don't know. I don't know why you're here. I don't know if that's yeah. worse than the video game. But the video game, I think, was so iconic for just so many levels. And it wasn't like it was completely unbond. It would stayed very true to the movie. Mm-hmm. Even the story, the plot line, was like, this is a cool plot line. And, right. and then you saw the uh, old people like, you know, who is... Baron Samity and who is this uh, Mayday and all the other uh, multiplayer and Odd Job and of course Odd Job how iconic is Odd Job this no, you can't use him on the game yeah it's, it's unfair wildly unfair, unfair. he's an inch and a half fucking tall see because yeah. I've asked people that question and I agree with you I don't I don't think it discredits um, you know what what associates us with Bond because you know today they don't make any games for kids so there's no kids. Nowadays, eight, nine, ten, saying that's how they got their start. It seems like they just have to either see the film or somebody they know has to introduce them to the film. Which I think at all, at in you know late twenties, early thirties, we had the ability to be introduced to it kind of organically, whether it was a video game or a film or even a book. Yeah, I mean, even today, you don't want James Bond doing one of those Fortnite dances. No. <laughs> oh my God! Don't yourself. <laughs> Um, so would you say that memory of Goldeneye, actually, no, no, we'll, we'll go a different way. Um, what would you say is your fondest bond associated memory? So not necessarily something from the films, but something in your life that you can relate back to bond, maybe watching a film or playing a game, something like that. 
I think it's I have a almost five year old now, and he he gets to we do every once in a while Bond movie night, and you know he just likes to do the his favorite one is Goldfinger, and then I got the Lego, um, the DB5 and stuff, so he gets to play with the ejector seat. So it's just kind of spending mm-hmm. time with him, in a in a daddy and son more way. You know nobody else wants to. Be, that's our time. You know so that's that's yeah. probably my fondest memory. And I think when I get older, I think that'll still always be my my favorite memory is him as a kid sharing awesome. that with him. Yeah, I like that one. Good answer. Good so answer. what film was the first film that you showed him? That's always got to be the main question. <laughs> what was the first one that you went, this is what you got to watch? Well, I had to do Goldeneye. I mean, I had mm-hmm. to do Goldeneye. <laughs> and then I went with the, the Roger Moores. And, and his favorite ones were uh, like Live and Let Die. He loves the zombie. And then Goldfinger was his favorite. And then he said everyone's mom wants to do the one with the crane, which is Casino Royale. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's funny we have fun yeah perfect so obviously we've um we've got no time to die coming out i know that um you know there's a lot of talk about the delay in that but how are you sort of feeling about that film in terms of sort of are you excited for that one to come out are you sort of fairly optimistic or how yeah. are you sort of feeling about about that one well one of course anadarmus is in it so there's it can't be that bad mm-hmm. but for I guess, the movie as a whole i'm excited about it i always like to stay positive about these things go into it with a good frame of mind and for the most part i think it'll be a good movie i hope it'll be a good movie what we've seen from the the previews and the stills and the cinematography it looks amazing mm-hmm. and as far as the storyline rami malek i think it'll be very good and it has a chance to redeem specter even though i don't even find specter to be that bad of a movie um, i don't lambast it like most of the other ones but i think i'm like optimistic i think it'll be a really great movie you would have been um absolutely jumping for joy when it got announced that Ben Affleck wasn't allowed to come to the, the premiere, <laughs> weren't you? I did. Well, you know, it'd be awkward if we both show up. So I told Ben, oh, Look, yeah. I don't have to stomp you out in front of everybody. Just stay home, big fella. This is my turn. Yeah. I had a big man-to-man chat about this. and But, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, just regarding Bond himself, what fascinates you about James Bond? The world that he lives in, as far as... He's not chasing low level. It's not 80s movies of going to chase drug fields and and drug dealers and all that stuff. He works in this elite world that we don't see that, but we don't get to see the veil behind. You know, mm-hmm. like even look look at this Epstein world, and one of my latest podcasts was talking about Robert Maxwell, who was the um, inspiration for Tomorrow Never Dies, Elliot Carver. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the world he lives in. It's somebody that you don't see. We, we you and I are, are most you know 99.99999% of the population do not get to see this world. And that's the world that he lives in. So I always find th- that part is that he's a policeman and he's a detective, but he does so in this elite world that nobody else gets to see in. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jake. So with You're that, own, who, who would you have in your head would make a good next Bond? Who would sort of continue that tradition on of sort of operating in that world and you think would sort of fit in? Yeah, well, I mean, besides this guy from Baltimore named Donnie Waldron, he's, he's an up-and-comer. I'm telling you, he's going to be great for the film, but we'll see if the, uh, they discover him. But I was I listened to your last one when you guys talked about it a lot, and I think you guys – I didn't even think about the uh, the Jim Halpert. That was actually a good idea, too. But I, yeah. I think Richard – I think you're the guy from uh, um, Game of Thrones. Um, what's mm-hmm. his name? Richard Madden, yeah. Richard Madden probably be the, the, uh, the forefront, probably my, my number one right now. And then I wouldn't mind seeing somebody who's got humor. I think that if you would have asked me last year before this horrible, horrific 2020 year of just nonsense that's happened, I would have said, oh, we want dark brooding. 
I love, you mm-hmm. know, the, the Daniel Craig stuff, what they've done with it. And now since this world has been such shit this year, I really have found myself enjoying the Pierce Brosnans with a little bit of just lightheartedness and a little quippiness and a little more humor. So I think that that could be brought back because I, I think that's Daniel Craig's biggest folly is that he's not funny. And his mm-hmm. movies don't mm-hmm. really have any any humor or fun in them. So I feel like if 2021, what I really want is just, just to laugh and enjoy a little more escapism rather than deal with dark brooding, you know, daddy never loved me. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's that's a good segue, though, as far as Bonds. Who's your favorite, James Bond? Connery's my favorite. So Connery has always been my favorite. Uh, I think that even I find that Connery does the best of being smooth and cool. And if I'm going to emulate somebody or project myself on somebody to be somebody who I want to be think is cool. I think Daniel Craig in real life is kind of like a Mary. Like if I would have hang out with Daniel Craig, it'd be like, dude, you're pretty soft. You know, and I feel like Sean yeah, Connery, yeah, yeah. if you were to hang out with him, he'd be like, he'd tell him, you know, a fucking asshole once in a while, which I appreciate. Uh-huh. I don't want I my, can see that. I could you know? see that. Yeah. So Bridget Moore, it seemed like a real dainty, nice fellow, which, you know, this is good, but, mm-hmm. you know, and then Pierce is probably my second favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Pierce. I mean, it's, it's tough for us, us not to say Pierce because we grew up with him. George Lazenby apparently is a real bad motherfucker too, from what I've understood. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see that hulu uh documentary being or uh, becoming james yes. bond yes <laughs> yeah i mean i do want to live his life in the 60s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean faking his way into the films and stuff the guy's a legend yep um so with that said let's do so i know you said you wanted to write a book you actually started to write the book um do you prefer the films over the novels uh, no, I like the films better. So I've I've read all the Flemings twice, and then I'm on I'm on the continuations now. So I read uh, two Anthony Horowitzes, and then I'm on my fourth uh, Benson, which I like the continuation novels a lot too. Actually, Horowitz had a really good one with Trigger Mortis, and then Forever in a Day. Have you guys read that one yet? Mm-mm. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I read that one. Have you read that one? And I thought the ending. Yeah, was yeah. yeah. It had me until the ending. I'm like, that was the weirdest ending I've ever read in any of the James Bond books. So that was probably the one where I was like, all right, well, that's that's not at all James Bond, I feel like. But I do like, I, I, but if I'm going to sit down and want, I'm going to pick the films. Agreed. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're sort of jumping around there a little bit. Sorry about that. But um, in terms of sort of like Bond locations and that, have you had sort of a a chance to visit many or or sort of get around to any of the locations where they've sort of filmed and do you have any sort of plans on on where you'd love to go where you'd love to take your son as well to sort of show him some of the locations as well just like the, we've been to caribbean and um some places in europe not too much but my next trip which was supposed to be planned for uh june of this year and I had to cancel it was to uh, uh monte carlo to the mm. Right there, right there, and then maybe go down to like Nice, France, and stuff. That's my next. That is 100% my next vacation when we actually get to travel again, is uh, to go to Monte Carlo. Let's jump back into the podcast. So you've got a very interesting take on your podcast, a very refreshing take on the podcast. So I've listened to two this week actually. Um, One of them was part one of Tomorrow Never Dies, and then I actually listened to the Skyfall one today, which is I think might be my favorite. As far as the history side of it, I mean, you're talking about things that basically historically inspired the films or inspired 
parts of these films. What made you decide that? I know what you talked about early in the in in our interview, but you know, basically in every episode, you're talking about you know, kind of giving a history lesson on why this was relevant at the time of the film or in the past. What really got you into doing that side of it? I think once I got the idea to start doing these podcasts and start doing the books and all that is that once I started looking at these films through the prism of looking for these historical events, things just pop out of the film. Like what we're saying with the Robert Maxwell, Elliot Carver, and then with the Hong Kong transfer. And then so many of these things, as you watch the book, Hey, well, what was that actually about? Because Barbara Broccoli and, and Eon, they're old Hollywood. They've been around since the forties, you know, mm-hmm. and they've got, just like we talk about, I say that it, they, they're privy to this elite, um, society that we're not allowed to even with this let's postpone it to november with covid i think they're mm-hmm. probably gonna nail right on the head because i think november will be a time when most of the world's ending and at the time we're like postponing november and they're like no no we got this we, we we're in the circle we know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. or when my podcast um the world is not enough talked about this this pipeline in azerbaijan and in the movie the actual pipeline it was the exact route was there eight years before it's even built before ground even starts on it. So um, once you start looking at the prism of that, you can see so many topics that are fun to research. And then once you start researching, I just have fun doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's super interesting. I mean, you're able to, I mean, like you said in the spec or in the skyfall episode, I listened to today that you'll never look at that film the same. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's definitely the case that and then was as fun. far as yeah i mean that was that was a great great episode oh, i appreciate it yeah no problem man and then as far as we kind of talked on about the community you you know your david zariskis and joe darlington's who in this community do you feel inspires you the most aside from me and jake obviously aside, okay well <laughs> you jake first second third and fourth because I put you in there twice. That's how awesome you guys are. Uh, uh, we know. We're literally going to use that as the trailer for this. You do know that. So, uh, yeah, get ready for that to be capped. You, not only personally, but your big dicks and your big smiles and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> he knows us. Keep, he knows us. Keep going, your six-pack abs. Stop. It's amazing. I mean, you guys no, got it all. Now you know? no, he doesn't know us. Now he doesn't know us. <laughs> Speaking of big dicks and six-pack tabs, there's Joe Darlington. and uh, yeah. <laughs> The hammer, um, as he's known. That's as, it, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with, with those guys. Uh, I think, you know, it was pretty cool when we first started, and I'm sure you guys are getting it too, is when you first start, there's so many people in the community that are, are helping you up and, and giving your shout, a podcast a shout-out and a listen and, and putting it on IG and all that. And I find that... A guy like David Zaritsky, who's, you know, probably, the, like you said, the top, or I believe you call him the godfather of it. And that's what he is. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's, he's, he's the top dog right now. And he, uh, but he's always so gracious and always so gracious with his time. And I find that you know, this is a little Donnyism that I've made up is that, you know, on the ladder of success, you're rarely pushed down, you're held back. And I think that people like Darlington and, and Zaritsky and the people who have been doing it for a while, um, you know, Calvin Dyson, all those guys, they really help you up. And, mm-hmm. When you're trying to do things or you're trying to, you know, you guys have just started a podcast and you guys are trying to do this whole thing. It's rarely the people who are above pushing you down, not they're more helping you up. It's people around you that are like, you're doing a podcast? What is that? What are you doing? Are you bond? Mm-hmm. Those are the people that if you listen to them, they'll pull you down. So I, the people that are up and still bring you up and like, hey, come on and join it. It's fun. Uh, those are the guys who really inspire me the most. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I think it's amazing when, especially, it's almost like as soon as you start to actually create something yourself in the Bond community, that's when it almost seems like people sort of gather around you and are happy to to promote it and help get the sort of word out about it. And it's it's really nice to see more than anything. I think yeah. just the sort of willingness to do that. Yeah, and I think that we all understand how much work goes into this stuff. I know each one of my yeah, episodes yeah. is like twenty to thirty hours of work that goes into each one. And you guys are going to have the same thing. and All the effort mm-hmm. and the timing and the scheduling that goes into it, like, you appreciate it. And then we're all Bond geeks. We're all Bond nerds, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. always fun to have more. We don't get movies anymore. So back when we used right. to get movies, we could just watch Bond movies. Now, mm-hmm. since we don't get those anymore, we have to talk about penises and and uh, do podcasts now. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing, it's it's funny, too, like, mentioning talking about being Bond geeks and stuff. Like, when, when Jason and I first went to dinner, we were talking about Aston Martins, and I told him I lived in New York for a year, and how I used to I used to walk by Daniel Craig's apartment there all the time. And I was like, in one one point in time, there was like an Aston Martin Rapide like parked out front, and I was like, you know, I don't know if it was his or not. I'm assuming just with I mean, we're talking right out front. It had to have been. Mm-hmm. And then he mentioned how apparently he's got some sort of deal where he can get a new Aston Martin for the rest of his life, like right off the line or something. And then I made a comment about how I saw a picture of him signing for one. And Jason's like, oh, you mean that red one out in London in front of his house? I was like, nobody in my entire life would have any. And this is like a paparazzi, like deep, deep Google slutty ass James Bond hole you'd have to dive in to find that shit and he's like oh yeah that red one I remember that scene that I was like it's weird it's weird to talk to people about it but it's awesome at the same time yeah it's very hard to speak Bond esoterically with anybody else and then that's what's nice about this community is that you know now we're I say esoterically like we're actually doing something worthwhile we're just doing James Bond geek stuff but it's fun for us you know right you've probably already sort of touched on this a little bit but when it comes to sort of the films, do you prefer sort of the newer ones or the older ones, or do you sort of feel like it's good to have a bit of a mix in there? How do you sort of feel about sort of how some of them have aged as well? I feel like the first four Conneries are the the, the gold standard, and then I, it starts to tailor off, and I think midway through um, Roger Moore's, it kind of falls flat, and then it, the modern ones pick back up again with with bras and then it ebbs and flows but i find that the the ones i find the least enjoyable are like the the later uh moors so if i could say that the first and the ending are my favorites rather than the middle if i could answer it that way yeah (laughs) i don't hate that answer (laughs) also the other the other thing for the uh, i just thought of one too for Bond, we have to have uh, Samuel L. Jackson as, as a cameo Bond because I just want to hear him be like, I want that shaken motherfucker, not stirred motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if we could just get, you, I know you said Morgan Freeman, I am going to, you know, interject and say, <laughs> if you get Morgan Freeman, I get Samuel L. Jackson. Uh-huh. And when he orders his Bond, when he orders a martini, he goes, shake that motherfucker. <laughs> so that is now officially yes, three episodes where Morgan Freeman has been fucking brought up <laughs> for that. <laughs> I could see, I, honestly, though, no, I could see Samuel Jackson showing up in one of these films in the future. You know, the way this shit's going, I could easily see that happening. Maybe not as Bond, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was in one. He might as well. He's in everything else, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's in Star Wars, for Christ's sake. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a purple lightsaber. He's got his own color lightsaber in this shit. Yeah, purple haze. With your sort of collection, have you got sort of like a prize 
prize sort of piece in your collection at the moment that you love more than all the other ones or have you got any sort of ones that you you just love to show off as well it's got to be my giant in and armas poster when I, <laughs> my, my little uh, podcast palace downstairs i've got her like there and everybody time i do any of the events or the live things everyone's like where'd you get that poster i'm like fuck off it's mine <laughs> uh, she's mine i mean it's she's mine. mine she's mine motherfucker <laughs> go find a layers to do one yeah <laughs> i'm taking the cuban is uh is is that poster from no time to die or is it from something else that's from no time to die from like uh, uh that movie when she's in the hot tub <laughs> <laughs> right with keanu reeves i just uh, i just put my face on keanu reeves <laughs> she's got a big that acts like nobody else on everyone who's listening is definitely checked that on pornhub if you haven't checked it out and the arm is keanu reeves go to pornhub you'll link me later <laughs> Uh, we have a conversation do... about how um, you know welcoming and everything the um, the bond community is, and then someone asks you where you get a poster, and you tell them to fuck off straight away. That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're getting, now that we're talking about Pornhub, we're getting closer because I wanted to try to do something nobody else has done in the bond community. So I was gonna make like a an OnlyFans, James <laughs> like different nude posts from James Bond films, but nobody wants to see that. I mean, you can Google it. <laughs> Pornhub um, so, everything. Remember Mr. Porn. Skin and all that stuff? But I remember having to wait. Did you guys have dial-up when you had to wait for like fucking 20 minutes to get your 15-second clip? Yeah, Those like are LimeWire and shit too. Yeah, exactly. Those were the. That's when you earned it, you know. These kids these days don't, <laughs> don't understand the hardships we went through. <laughs> no, they really don't. Um. So, <laughs> with that said, um, couple more questions from for you. We'll finish off with one of the more um, typical ones. But before we jump into that, you are located on the East Coast. I know that there's quite a few people in the community out there. Um, what kind of, do you guys do any in-person events? I Like I've heard people talk about, you know, dinners and just going out for drinks. And like you said, you and Jason have had dinner. Um, is there anything out there going on that you guys are getting into more now that COVID is starting to slow down or even before that? Yeah, actually, right after I get done with this call, I'm going over to uh, uh, Ray from the Bond Armory. Um, nice. We're going to go smoke a cigar with him, um, Bud West from the Bond Brain, and uh, Harris Thomas from Dressing Like Bond. We're nice. all going to go over and smoke a cigar at his place. Tell yeah, Harris to follow me back on Instagram. What the fuck? He was following me, then he unfollowed me. I don't know what that shit's about. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure. I'll make sure he does it. I'll take his phone. And... Uh, yeah, so yeah, and, you know, I'm gonna try to do what I want to do is um, this November 17th is the 25th anniversary of Goldeneye, mm-hmm. so I want to do a and it'll be the week before the weekend before the 15th is the weekend before the um, No Time to Die premiere, mm-hmm. so what I want to do is try to get like a a big event together, um, maybe in, somewhere on the East Coast, either Baltimore or or maybe even like Delaware, some somewhere halfway through. And get a big, you know, celebration of Golden Night, and get one last hype up before No Time to Die comes up. So, and then we've done other ones. Like I've been to a couple of them that Zitrisky does, and you know, Bud does some other ones. So, we're definitely, uh, definitely trying to up the in-person ones because it's it's time. You know, it's time to actually the Zoom calls are fun, but it's time to actually get together again. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start taking some trips out there because you guys aren't too far from me. I mean, the California thing's a, a plane ride, but I could drive to you guys in, you know, ten hours or whatever it is. I've done that drive a few times. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely scoop down here. That's like I said, it'll be November fifteenth is where I'm shooting for it, and I'm just in the preliminary stages setting it up. But I think we're gonna try to do a big, uh, a big event then, and maybe even stretch it out right into the premiere afterwards. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Jake, you're gonna have to make that flight. I'm literally not allowed to leave. 5k from my house. I think I'm going to struggle to get over to the fucking states. We've just gone into like a major lockdown here. I'm not allowed to go to the fucking supermarket. But really? yeah, I'll, I'll try and get there. Oh my god! Why? We'll send you is, pictures. Is, oh my god! Is it bad in Australia now, or is it just like everything else? Oh, uh, it's so they they're weird over here with how they do it, like state by state. So in um, I'm in Victoria, and literally like the border states to us they're all open everything's normal we opened back up um for like two weeks and it was all fine and then we've just been getting a shit ton of cases pretty much every day so yeah. they've brought in that yeah we're not allowed to leave our house like anywhere past 5ks from our house um we're allowed out for an hour a day only one of you from the house is allowed out at a time all of that sort of stuff like it's um yeah that's for the next two months Holy shit. Yeah, it's pretty full on. Fuck that. It's never been like that here. It's all good. Having a great time. Wow. That sounds terrible. So, Donnie, I want to ask you, since since we're going to probably be editing the shit out of this anyway, since we keep going off the rails, the Pornhub stuff's staying, though, so nobody has to worry about that. Okay, good, because that's that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, since since, since we got you. No, that's not true. Um, since we've got you, I want to like, we'll just, you know, keep shooting the shit about bond for a little bit. Do you, do you collect aside from the Ana de Armas poster? And, and I know you mentioned the Lego DB five. Do you have any enjoyment out of collecting anything bond Not related? Really. Not really. I mean, everything's so expensive. So mm-hmm. it's like to justify actually buying some of these things. Like I've got a Tom pair of Tom Ford sunglasses. I got off a of Poshmark. But mm-hmm. as far as like, collecting the, the big items and, and all that, nah. And then the Olabar the uh, Olabar Brown stuff, like three hundred four hundred dollars for a polo? Uh no. <laughs> you can yeah. take I'm not I'm not paying four hundred dollars for a fucking polo. Oh yeah. I bought yeah. one and returned it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get it and you're like, Oh, this is this doesn't give me a hand job or it doesn't slowly stroke me. It literally yeah. is just a polo. It was it was one of those things that I got all caught up and uh, I was, you know, some of the people I won't even mention his name, but some of the people in the community I mean, I think there's a couple different of the sales guys that are kind of floating around in, in our list of followers and one of them reached out to me and I was like, Oh, this is just the white glove experience. So then that shit came in the mail and I put it on. I was like, it makes me look fat. And then if I go up a size, it'll make me look like I haven't eaten in six years. So for this amount of money, I, I can't like, no, that's what I mean. It's got to look perfect. It has to slowly stroke me while I wear it. If it's not slowly stroking me, I'm not paying $400 for anything. Exactly. It doesn't end in coitus. Exactly. I I completely agree with that. (laughs) Um, so, and then let me ask you this. What would you say is your favorite Bond film and why? Well, I hate to be cliche. I always wanted to be the, the to have like an amazing well, Casino Royale is my favorite one. I think just from start to finish, um, it has everything. Even it, one of the few times that Daniel Craig, if the only time he actually does like a seduction scene with Solange mm-hmm. um, and the whole pacing, the action's great. My second favorite would be uh, From Russia With Love. I find that it's just a ta- time capsule. I love looking at Istanbul in the 60s. I yeah. love looking at everything. It's, it's a spy movie. I love that I'm sitting there watching two people on a train for 15, 20 minutes, 
and I'm captivated by it. I think that's mm-hmm. really great storytelling, really great directing, and I find that that's just a step above. And then Casino Royale just overall is just my favorite. Yeah, I From Russia with Love was is a long time favorite of mine too. I I find myself watching that at least two or three times a year, at least. Mm, yeah, like I said, it, I mean, it, it just says something that I he can literally be walking um, through the halls in, in a in a mausoleum in uh, Istanbul, and I'm re- captivated by it. Or they're just sitting in there on a train, and the suspense mm-hmm. builds, and they're just having dinner, and having you know wine and talking, and the suspense is there. Yeah. And, uh, as far as like the climax goes with the briefcase, it's so well done, so well shot, just great storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's that's mainly what I find the best about it. Yeah. For me, it's like, um, I don't know why, it, it always sticks out that Kree Lenko scene when they shoot him. Mm-hmm. Like, more like when I was younger and I'd watch it, I would, I'd get almost like creeped out. I'm like, oh shit, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I forget what happens. <laughs> and he like falls out of the window and shit. It's so good. Yeah, that's a great scene. And then when Rosa Klebb videotapes him, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, I, when you're younger, you're like, what the hell's going on? And now you're like, oh yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. Remember, remember, downward 30, 30 degree angle. You always go downward at 30, 30 degrees. Never upwards. Makes you look fat. <laughs> uh-huh. Would you um? <laughs> would you say? And sorry, Jake. I feel like I'm hijacking questions here. But we got uh-huh. we got a wealth of information here in front of us. Got to take advantage of it. Porn up. So, um, with with the newer films, I mean, Casino Royale. We saw a few gadgets per se. Um. You know, I I think Spectre with like, I mean that that brand new Aston Martin probably had the most, probably the most gadget laden piece of anything he's had in his four films. And correct me if I'm wrong. Do you miss that aspect? Like, do you feel like it's? Yeah. I mean, it's and, and it does tie in with like what you said about wanting to kind of go to a more you know, give, give Bond a little more humor and stuff like that, obviously after 2020 being dog shit. So obviously (laughs) that kind of ties in with it. Do you, do you miss having the gadgets or do you think that was played out or do you think it's time to start bringing them back in again? I I think exactly what you're saying with the, if you would ask me last year and you know, even, you know, yeah, probably 2019, but you know, it was cool. I'm glad we're having a break from all the gadgets and all that stuff. I mean, I, I love the watch laser and some of the other stuff from Marja Moore, but I was like, eh, it's kind of played out. And now, after you said this dog shit year, I just want to escape from all the dog shit that's going on with everything that's going on. So it, if I got to do, a, you know, a ridiculous gadget just to be like, oh, whatever, just just have a corny laugh, I'm I'm all I'm back open to that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, before it was like, oh, it's so cheesy. Oh, we're so cool. We have Christopher Nolan movies. We're so we're so woke, bro. Uh-huh. And now I'm just like Roger Moore. Give me that solid watch. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Yafet Kaito blowing up like a balloon. Done. Let's go. Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Kite surfing in a tsunami. Fuck. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. No, no, you went too far. You went too far. Uh, I think <laughs> even even Pierce Brosnan thinks that was stupid. <laughs> That's yeah. when you know. Um, Jake, let's ask them. Let's ask them. You think we should ask them the DV5 question? The the forbidden DV5 question that you asked uh, Jason. You know yeah, what I'm talking I, I haven't about. had any blowback on it yet, so I'm going to okay. ask you it, because until people start fucking jumping up and down at me, I'm, I don't really give a shit. Have we seen that car too much now? Like, is it time to get rid of that car and just be done with it? I, I literally talked about it in my episode, like, I think it was probably my 11th or 12th episode. 
I said the hard pill to swallow for Bond fans. Oh, it was my movie ranking. I said the hard pill for, to swallow for Bond fans is that we don't matter. What they're trying to do is get a billion dollars of revenue. And you mm-hmm. know who's not getting a billion dollars of revenue? Us us people who, you know, us couple thousand people who do these podcasts and even know what the DB5 is and the significance of it. Right. And I think that if we keep going to that well so many times, it becomes like Star Wars did where they're just trying to placate to this nostalgia and instead of just being innovative and just move and create their own things. So, yes, let the DB5 fucking die already. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the film. I love that car. It'll forever have its lore. But there are other cars out there besides that DB5. And I'm ready to just make new things to pass on for the, to keep the series going, not trying to hold on to the nostalgia of Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. And it almost, um, it almost now seems like they roll it out for at least one scene or at least one section of the film, and then they might have other cars in there. So it's almost like, there you go, there's your there's your DB5, have that for 20 minutes. Like, this time I think it's going to be Matera. And I can't get it in my head. How are they, How is he meant to be transported in this film? Because I ain't never seen Bond on a fucking ferry. He's <laughs> taken this car. <laughs> He's in England. There's bodies of water in between there and the rest of Europe. Like, that's my feeling on it. It's like, okay... There we go. You've got your one DB5 scene, and now we can show the other cars and ones that, you know, yeah. actually we want to show. That's yeah, exactly. how it sort of feels to me a bit after a while. Yeah, I think after after Skyfall blew it up, just that's it. And then they brought it back for mm-hmm. yeah. Spectre, and like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you see it again with the, although the scene in Nighttime of the Die is pretty cool with doing donuts with the uh, Gatling gun. I mean, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool, yeah. but at the same point, like, I, we can let the DB5 go. I see for me like in in Skyfall too when I agree once they blew it up they should have let it go because I think when he turns to M and says are you going to talk the whole way and flips that ejector seat <laughs> that's so fucking awesome and if they yeah. if that had been like basically it's real like last send off like that was such a clever mm-hmm. thing to add in like and I saw like an ejector seat like um like for your cigarette spot in your car mm-hmm. And anytime my girlfriend and I are in the car and she's pissing me off, I think about how I should have it. And I told her the other day, I was like, I'm going to have this. And she was like, that's actually pretty fucking cool. I have, but, it, for my, I have it for my Jeep. Do you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, got the, the coolest thing ever. It's the yeah. coolest thing ever. And my kid is always like, all right, are you going to push it? And I'm like, well, we got to wait for a bad guy to get in the seat. He's like, just push it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait for mommy to get in. <laughs> 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 She's making dad mad. Here we go. Yeah. Bon voyage. <laughs> um, what else? I want to ask you a couple other things. What do you think of the V8? I'm excited for it. Me too. I think, again, something new, something um, refreshing, and it still gives a nod to what we have. And we haven't seen it all play, played out like the DB5 is. Mm-hmm. But, and then it'll be one of those things where, the 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 again, most people who go to watch that have maybe seen Skyfall. You know what I'm saying? People, who, the audience for No Time to Die, it's, if it's going to make the billion dollar range, they haven't seen any of the old Bond movies. They certainly mm-hmm. haven't seen any Dalton movies, except for people in the UK or who seem like you know, the UK is like religion for them now. But everybody else, it's probably their first Bond movie. A lot of them, so they don't know. So the, the diehards are going to be pleased about the V8, but for everybody right. else, it's just, cool. it's just a cool car. So I, I was just going to say, I saw something on, um, I think it was Business Inside or something like that, when the first trailer came out and it was like 10 hidden facts in the new James Bond trailer that you wouldn't know. And one of them was the, DB, uh, was the, was the V8. And I'm sitting there going, 
no, I think everyone knows that, didn't they? But that almost sort of just talks to the point that that actually had to be in an article that this used to be a James Bond car and how cool is this that is in there again? And mm-hmm. it's a hidden fact. And it's like fucking hidden from who? Yeah. Yeah, it's like an Easter egg. But I mean, that's like, almost, almost, you know, most of my people that I hang out with, they're like, oh, you're really James Bond. Me too. I saw Skyfall. It was awesome. And that was the only movie they saw, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the only James movie they saw. Maybe, yeah. maybe played the game when they were younger, the N64 game. But as far as knowing what the V8 was, no, that's not at all. Yeah. So I was watching, uh, David Zaritsky did something the other day when he was talking about Omega watches. And then he mentioned how basically Omega's paying to be in these films, obviously, as, as many, many companies are. With the Aston Martin, do you feel like the reason that they keep bringing it back, aside from the nostalgia of it, has anything to do with the fact that it's just so synonymous with James Bond that they're afraid to stray from it? Like, and I'm not even saying just the DB5. I'm saying, what if, what if next thing he was driving like some exotic BMW? Like, would people be pissed because it's not an Aston Martin? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I think people. I think there was a lot of blowback from the first time he went to BMW. You know, he had the BMW motorcycle, the BMW cars, and all that stuff. And I, it didn't. I don't know if it ever felt very Bondish. Especially now, it feels very. In the states, I know for you probably in uh, Detroit too. It feels very forty-five-year-old midlife crisis mm-hmm. car. Now it doesn't feel very d- distinguished or very unique. Whereas an Aston Martin still feels, you know, right. upper echelon. Where BMW feels midlife crisis. You just hooked up with your secretary and your wife caught you it's time for divorce you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah do you um do you are you like a big beer guy or bourbon whiskey i'm a big everything guy at this point (laughs) so i feel like we talked about this before at some point in time with obviously them introducing Heineken to the films, I've heard people say in this community that he should be drinking something local to where he is, which I kind of like that idea. Mm-hmm. If if he were to come stateside, what do you think he should be drinking? Beer, whiskey, whatever it is, but what would you like to see him drink? Because apparently in this film he's drinking uh, Johnny Walker Black. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, something bourbon. If he's going to be American, if he's going to be in the U.S., he better be drinking whiskey. He better not be drinking Bud Light. I swear to God. I swear to fucking God. I know. If Bud Light, if he drinks a white, or if he drinks a White Claw or a Bud Light, I'm not gonna. Be... <laughs> if he, he looks just, lighter, comes up he behind him, he's got a fourth, White Claw. If he breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera and goes, "There ain't no laws when you're drinking claws." I'm done. <laughs> you just fucking see like a big ass fire coming from somewhere in Maryland. <laughs> Just burning his whole fucking house to the ground. <laughs> oh my god! And then what about if you, if he was stateside and he was in a car? What kind of car would you like to see him in? Maybe an old Pontiac. Mm-hmm. Something like that, a little muscle car, or something like that. Yeah, It'd be a nice little dichotomy to see him in a muscle car. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, it's just it's just interesting once you get into this community and you start you know, really diving into the films and the books and talking with other people, you do see just certain trends that they follow that they could possibly stray from or things that you would change. You know what I mean? And it just, you know, cause I heard something the other day and I can't remember whose podcast I was listening to, but somebody said like, if he's in Jamaica, he should be drinking a red stripe. Like if he's here, he should be drinking this. If he's there, you know, it's like, 
I mean, I know people flip shit when Heineken signed on, but once the movie came out, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, but, it made sense for where he was. Like, as long as he doesn't come on with uh, in a Pontiac and look at the camera and go, you know, I live my life a quarter mile at a time while <laughs> drinking <laughs> while drinking a Corona with a lime. <laughs> no, <know>. Monica. <laughs> Dom. Dom. <laughs> Serrano. <laughs> Three quarter inch torque wrench. <laughs> yeah, as long as the. The the way that they did Heineken with him just kind of slinging it back when he's kind of depressed, it mm. made sense because it's he's like fuck it, I'm just gonna start drinking beer. You know yeah. what I mean? Like at, at the time, the way they snuck it in there, it made sense, so it didn't wasn't distracted. It's not like he went to the thing and I'll have a Heineken. No, mm. a, a Heineken. If you're drinking a Heineken, it's because you died and are just want to finish killing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you hit the nail on the head when he's depressed. He's like, oh well, if I'm gonna be <laughs> depressed, I might as well suit my mood. Right, just have this shit beer for a whole while. Uh, as far as fashion-wise, because I think we're probably going to get into that pretty soon, Jake and I. Um, do you like his more casual looks or his more dressed-up looks? And then whichever one it is, do you prefer the older version of it or the newer versions of it? I like the uh, new Tom Ford suits. Not the tuxedos, but when he's... When he's at MI6, runs around the suit. That's that's always probably my favorite look. Oh yeah. Um, some of uh, Brosnan's casual stuff was pretty good, mm-hmm. and then Daniel Craig's got some good casual stuff too. I don't like Roger Moore. I feel like no. I don't I I don't like his style at all. I would never wear any of that stuff. Timothy Dalton, no. Mm-hmm. Again, he looks. I think he looks very horrendous, and that's why Timothy mm-hmm. Dalton goes way down on the list. And then George Lazenby wears a kilt. And then mm-hmm. his whole style, his style in that entire movie, I think, is terrible. Which again, yeah. I don't want to get off on the why I hate on her Majesty's. <laughs> on her Majesty's, the most overrated of all the uh, Bond movies now. But I just the, the, no. And even Connery, his suits are a little loose. Um, they look good, but he's he's still got that baggy old man look to it. Mm-hmm. Some of his suits. So I find that um, yeah, Daniel Craig, anything in uh, Tom Ford, those are the be- that's the best look. Agreed. We were talking about it today, which what items we have. And both Jake and I, we only have a few each. I've got like the Sunspell Polo and um, the Billy Reed jacket. But like the Sunspell Polo is cheap at like $110 compared to the most most of his shit. And then the Billy Reed jacket I actually found on sale for like 70% off. Mm-hmm. So that was like normally like a grand or something like fuck that. But then uh, I told Jake I had that Dior jacket from Spectre. <laughs> but I, I didn't mention that's from Royale Filmware. Shout out to Royale Filmware. And he's like, that must have been hard to find. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? If I had found that, we're talking like a mortgage on a house. I've right. never even seen a picture of a pre-owned one. Like, I don't know where the hell they got it for, for Spectre. Yeah, those are, I mean, some of the articles when you try to get... You kind of look look at it, and that's why that that's why that frugal bond stuff is so popular on YouTube, and mm-hmm. and uh, so many people are doing that because we want that, but it doesn't make it. unless you have unlimited means or you really are are out there. And even then, it's like my the, the Tom Ford polo from Spectre was eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as a human being, I can't do that. <laughs> I don't right. care if I am rich. I'm not. It's it's tough to justify. So I think that. A lot of the stuff, it looks good, and I do appreciate the quality, but some of it's got to be toned down a little bit, and I think that that's why the, the Frugal Bond stuff and Royale Filmware and all that are, are getting are popular, and so much is dedicated to them now. 
Yeah, it's funny when I scroll through James Bond lifestyle and I see like the word J Crew, I'm like, oh, it's a typo. <laughs> <laughs> or Nike or Adidas. I'm like, the yeah. fuck? James Bond wasn't at Kohl's. Fuck right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, we'll wrap this up here. So, uh, well, mind if I? Uh, so I always end mine with a with a question too. So I got one for yeah, you too. Yeah, please do. Please do. Uh, all right, so you can have, you can pick any Bond girl you want the entire series. All right, the only caveat is she has to be in the middle of you two, and you have to make eye contact and and slap hands mid mid midway. <laughs> is is Jake there a Bond? <laughs> yeah, Jake and you, you and Jake, you got to make eye contact. Okay, no looking away, no eyes darting, no looking down. It's got to be full eye contact. You get, you get <laughs> but you got to you got to both agree on one. Well, I think Jake's a big Gap fan, right? <laughs> Play us to do. Love that game. <laughs> yeah, that's that's oh, my man. choice. But look. all right, here. No, let's let's we we can answer it here. So give me your top two, and I'll give you my top two. That way, hopefully, one of them matches up. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd probably say in trouble. <laughs> like I said, my wife ain't listening to this shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am probably going to go with Leah Sadu. I think that's my number one. Um, and then, fuck, number two. I'm almost going to go with your choice, Donny. I'm scared that you're going to literally fly over and beat the living <laughs> shit out of me. But I'm going to go with Anna Diarmas. Um, I actually do. I actually do think Leah Sadu is very pretty, aside from the gap, also. So that might be, and Anna Diarmas is out of this world um just to go something different um honey rider mm. good but, oh, but yeah. I, what's very telling about this conversation is at no point did you guys balk about my contact you guys are literally <laughs> just trying to figure out which girl you want not even throwing up a little bit <laughs> well that's yeah, because that's because <laughs> That's because I know Jake can't leave the country. This is this is what's gonna happen, so that's fine. We just have to deal with it. Uh, I've got at least six months to mentally prepare for the contact. <laughs> well, that's it. You guys are destined for great things if you guys can uh, make eye contact and go for it and not even be scared about it. So good chemistry, guys. Oh, Teamwork. Yes. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Well, thanks for coming on. Once again, that was Donnie Waldron from um, you can catch him on his podcast and on Instagram at Quantum of History. Donnie, thanks for coming on, buddy. Don't forget to give Harris a lot of shit tonight for me. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. And I'll be listening. I'm already subscribed. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to have coming in the future. You as well, man. Thank you. Thanks again to Donnie Waldron for taking the time to um, sit down and talk with us. As you guys heard, that was a great interview. Very nice guy. Um, like I said, before we intro that interview and towards the end of the interview, please check him out at Quantum of History on Instagram. He's got his own podcast as well, Quantum of History. You can find it on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks again for Donnie to come out and uh, take the time to hang out with us. So, uh, Jake, what's up next? Uh, so we've got a couple of questions that got sent to us. Um, that we can just run through quickly and then I think that's us done for the day. Awesome. What so, the first one was sent by The Modern Bond. Um, what Fleming novel do you wish um, would be adapt readapted for the next Bond? 
Ah, okay. See, readapted. You're right. Yeah. Readapted. For the next Bond, as in like yeah. when Idris Elba starts doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're talking what, um, 2030 or so by the time everything yeah, gets back to normal, we can start to film. Yeah. Then, okay. Well, you know what? Do you, do you have your answer? Yeah, I'm a little bit. Um, I've got a couple. And I know that we always say that we're going to do one answer, but I'd probably go with Moonraker um, for the fact that, number one, the book is so different from the film. Mm-hmm. And the book's pretty good. Like, I I don't know. I know a lot of people have a very soft spot for Moonraker, and I think that, like a lot of films, it's probably when you saw it, how you saw it, that sort of stuff. But for me, it's just a bit, I don't know, you know, James Bond in space neither here nor there um mm-hmm. but the actual the book i i enjoyed the book a lot so that'd probably be my answer and then yeah that's that's the one i'm gonna go with i'm going with Moonraker today okay um that's a good answer that's a that's a good answer because Moonraker sucks <laughs> <laughs> uh, i would say you know i'm gonna stick with I'm going to stick with the one that my initial one, you only live twice. And I'll tell you why, not necessarily because I didn't like the movie. Um, I actually do like you only live twice. You know what I mean? I, I like the locations. I don't mind the story. You know, I, I like the kind of idea of him faking his death in the beginning, but I would just like to see that redone today. Like a, completely fresh take on that you know what i mean nothing that i would really change you know obviously just kind of modernize it um but yeah that that would be mine you only live twice would be mine just because i really like i like the film enough to but not enough to where it can't be like i wouldn't say that to goldfinger or dr no or from russia with love this one i like a lot um but I don't like it to the point where if they were to redo it, that I'd get pissed off. So you only live twice is my answer for that. It's almost that like, don't touch the absolute like quintessential classics. Just don't touch them. Right. Some of the other right. ones do what you do what you got to do. It's like if they yeah. turn around and was like, oh, we're going to make Die Another Day again. You'd be like, oh, yeah, well, it can't be any worse, can it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if you are going to remake it too, the film was made for nine and a half million and it made one hundred and eleven million. So try to top that. Challenge <laughs> extended. <laughs> um, right, last question. I'm going to absolutely butcher this name, so I'm sorry. Um, Mini to Sam. There you go. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, top, <laughs> top three Bond portrayals. Top three Bond portrayals. So Can I suppose I, this is probably going to be something that we'll talk about, I think, one day. But, yeah, I, I just yeah. sort of read that as who's your top three favorite Bond actors. Yeah, and I think um, before I dive into it, um, that will be an episode that we do where we each come up with our our succession, or not succession, but our ranking. And then we won't talk to each other about them. And then yeah. we'll come onto the podcast and then start from the bottom and then go to the top. But uh, my top three in no particular order 
the top two are unbelievably easy, Daniel Craig and um, Sean Connery, obviously. Number three is difficult because, you know what, I'll just say Pierce Brosnan because that's who I grew up with. So Daniel yeah. Craig, Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan, those are my three. I read this and I was like, this is going to be the easiest thing in the world to come up mm-hmm. with, like, my top three. And literally, I was just sitting here now. I hadn't even really thought about it. And then I was just like, oh, my God. But what about him? What about him? What? Mm-hmm. This is a night. That episode is going to give me a headache. Um, Daniel Craig, for me, number one. Um, probably Roger Moore as number two for me. And then I'm going to go with Sean Connery as number three. Um, so you said last episode that George Lazenby could do no wrong. Yes, I did. Uh, and he's not even in your top <laughs> The fuck is wrong with you? Look, I... Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I got, you know, so, but this is the thing. That's what's, that's what's good about this question. It's it's the most loaded question of all time. In, oh, for yeah, a part yeah. fan, at least. because So Daniel Craig and Sean Connery, to me, are the easiest two answers because one started it, one's the current one. One, yeah. you know, is the creator per se, of the yeah. character on film, and then the other is the revolutionary version of the film, or version of the character. But everything in between, Timothy Dalton was was good, but yeah. the films weren't as good, And but he was a little darker and, you know, things like that. Roger Moore served his purpose very well. Like, I love the Roger Moore films. I, I don't really have many complaints about them. They're a different feel than most of them, but they're all good films. But then, you know, Pierce Brosnan, we've talked about this before, I think you and I have, where those films that he worked on, aside from Goldeneye, I mean, the storyline, like in Tomorrow Never Dies, is really good. The World Is Not Enough is kind of a storyline. And Die Another Day, like, come on. But, like, Pierce Brosnan's a good actor, and he was a great James yeah. Bond. But the, the, the scripts weren't there you know, what I mean, he's, he's, he's my toughest one because he's the one that I want in a top three. Because, like you, I grew up with him. He was probably between him and Roger Moore. Roger Moore from sort of just being introduced by some of the older films. But Pierce Brosnan was the first one that I went to see in the movies and that. And um, but then just the films almost let him down a little bit. It's yeah. like if every film was the equivalent of Goldeneye, he could very easily be your number one or two but mm-hmm. because they just weren't and that's probably not his fault um he gets bumped down to the number four for me you know it's which is pretty tough because he was sort of the bond you grew up with it's oh that episode's gonna be a nightmare isn't it oh yeah I mean, but i'm actually <laughs> looking forward to it but yeah i mean i agree too it, it's just i i think pierce brosnan of all of them i mean and, and let's be real george lazenby got one opportunity to do it so that's really hard to even and he did a great job, but he got one opportunity. Yeah. But for me, it's just like Pierce Brosnan could be something I could talk about. Um, you know, and then this brings up another thing. We can do an episode where we talk about just Sean's, just Rogers, just George, you know, each one. But, you know, for, for da- like I'm actually watching Die Another Day right now. Yeah. So Pierce Brosnan is just like, you know, there's certain scenes where – to me, it's like, is there actually anybody on the planet that's as fucking cool as Pierce Brosnan sometimes? Like, the guy's just so damn cool. That whole first part of that film is very good. It's almost like 
there we go. We're off to Cuba and you fucked it. Like, yeah. there you go. And I I can't even get into an invisible car. That's just the out of everything in that film. Right. I feel like that that needs to be one of our first film reviews because there's so much to talk about with that film. Um, but why is the car invisible? Yeah. And how does I that mean, work? like, for me, this might sound weird, and then we can, you know, you can have your final thoughts, and then we'll wrap it up before this turns into a four-hour oh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I think, and if nobody is, if you're not entirely familiar with the scene I'm talking about, for you guys listening. The scene in, oh, God, hold on. Which one is it? I want to say, when did they first introduce John Cleese? That's World Is Not Enough, right? Uh, R. He's R in that one, right? Was it that? What's One Never Dies? I can't. No, I think it was World World Is Not Enough. Yeah. So the scene when he first goes in there, I mean, he's brionied up to shit, right? Dressed sharp as a tack, per usual. He comes in, and the the camaraderie between him and Q, as they're watching R act like an idiot repeatedly, like when he gets his jacket stuck in the car, and then he puts on the puffer coat, just Pierce Brosnan's demeanor in that whole scene, you know, just from like a, a non-action sequence part, I don't know what it is about this scene, but he is too damn cool in this scene. He's like sitting on the pool table or whatever, and he's just kind of looking at him, act like an idiot, and then he stands up and helps him with the, you know, helps him get out of the car with the coat and all that shit. You know what I mean? Like he's the coolest guy. He's the coolest guy. There's, it's all right. Yeah, I don't know. I know that everyone has said this, and we are probably very late to, you know, James Bond film reviews and everything like that. It was just such a shame the way that it went for him because he was James Bond for me, for you, you know, mm-hmm. for, for a lot of us. Um, and just the way that that all finished up, like how we went from that to the end of, you know, Die Another Day. And yeah. then it needed to move on because it was just a disaster and that was seriously, you know, looking bleak for James Bond um, in the modern world. But yeah, like you said, we need to make sure this isn't four hours long. That was a good chat from two questions. Uh, So thank you everyone for for sending them in. Um, Please keep messaging us anything you want us to talk about, any questions you want us to ask. We're always happy to, to, you know, try and bring it to the podcast and always give you a bit of a shout out as well. Yeah, thank you guys. And actually, that reminds me, I promised him I would shout them out because we had to cut it from the last episode. My brother-in-law, Jeff, my sister, Michelle, (laughs) Amelia and Sophia, my nieces, thank you guys for listening. Jake and I obviously appreciate it. Jake, you've got people in Canada listening to you, USA, obviously the UK, God knows where else. um, Yeah, you look at the map of where people are listening, it's amazing how far our shit can spread. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that note, (laughs) thank you guys for listening as usual. Thanks again to Donnie Waldron. We will see you guys next week. Yeah, thanks. See ya.
Yeah, I'm done.